Welcome to Revolutions Weekly, where we dive into the details of our many periodic revolutions elections. I'm your host Alvin, and today we're going to be continuing our series yet again on the 2021 Indian state elections. Now, if you haven't really been keeping up, we've basically done four out of five of the elections I promised I'd talk about. So we're nearing the end. So if, you know, if you're eager to finally get something different, don't worry, your time will come. But anyways, this week, and I assure you this will be an interesting week as well, like it was last week, we're going to be continuing our trip down south to a state known as Kerala. Now, you remember last week, you know, we were talking about the state next door, Tamil Nadu, would recommend you check out that episode as well. But anyways, so this week we're going to be talking about Kerala, and now Kerala has very interesting politics as well, in general, and I might argue, you know, is generally also a sort of anomaly as compared to the rest of India, and I'll get to why in a bit. So, when you're talking about Kerala politics, especially since the 60s, it's always been between two parties, the CPIM, which is like the communist, as well as the Congress, Indian National Congress. So if you remember a few weeks ago, when I was talking about the West Bengal elections, I had told you that the communist, represented by the CPIM, has basically held power in West Bengal for more than 30 years, only finally being toppled by Mamata Banerjee in 2011. And, you know, in general, since that time, and even before that, the communist has always been on like this downward decline around the country, where it's like in most states, they've only been able to get less than 1%, you know, to like 4% at most of the vote. Only maybe in West Bengal and in some of the eastern states that they've been able to, you know, like keep up their presence, basically. You know, West Bengal getting about 20% of the vote most times, and in like Tripura, for example, being the main opposition. But now in Kerala, it's the exact opposite. They've actually become more popular this time around. And they've actually, you know, like grown their party as a result. So, you know, so Kerala is basically in many ways the CPIM's last major stronghold. And then, you know, on the other side, of course, you know, we have the Indian National Congress. Now, the funny thing was that before the 60s, basically, I think it was 1966, I, I believe. So around the time the DMK went to power in Tamil Nadu. So this is a very interesting time in Indian politics. But basically what had happened was basically the communist took over power in Kerala, and this basically freaked out the central government, the central Congress government, as, you know, at that point, one, they've lost the state, you know, so which is obviously, you know, like at the time, very unprecedented, as it was. Two, it was the communist. So, you know, this communist government in Kerala at the time, interestingly enough, was actually the world's first communist government that was democratically elected. So, of course, those in power you know, had like this interesting historical mantle that they had to carry, where it's like, you know, are they going to abolish democracy? Are they going to declare independence? Or are they just going to like run the state as it was, you know, as it had been run before, you know, being a chief minister, losing and winning elections here and there, things like that. So, you know, it was certainly an interesting time to be in Kerala because, you know, these are the many questions that, you know, people had, these are the many questions that the central government had, and those, you know, like in the party as well, you know, to have this mantle would certainly be interesting. And, you know, and at the same time, you know, China and the Soviet Union was also watching this pretty closely. But, you know, because of just like how unprecedented, how, how much of a limbo the situation was, ultimately, they basically abolished the Congress, this communist government in Kerala, 
you know, took president's rule and, you know, basically had the elections, you know, redone. But the communists still won. And after this election, the communists basically committed to continuing Indian democracy as it had been run before and just kind of like became a normal party in the election going forward, basically. So there was never like this threat of like a coup and things like that being floated anymore. And interestingly enough, if you kind of like look at, you know, like Carolyn election trends, basically, they've kind of had this anti-incumbency trend, which is like a very consistent thing in their whole history, where basically, you know, like in Tamil Nadu, they have something similar, and in many other states as well, where it's like, many southern Indian states, by the way, where it's like, they've kind of always flip-flopped between the parties every five to ten years. But in Kerala, it's a very consistent, and it's consistent to the T. Now, what I mean is, literally every single election since the 70s, they've basically flipped between the CPIM and the Congress. So... Basically, there's no such thing as a two-term chief minister in Kerala. But, you know, with this election, that might change. And I'll get to why in a bit. But in essence, yeah. So every five years, a government gets voted in and out, in and out. So, you know, like there's never, like I said, a two-term chief minister. And basically, it always keeps the two parties up on their heels. And they always have to outdo one another to essentially win the election. Now, don't get me wrong. If, you know, a party is good at governing, it's not like that they'll just, like, you know, vote the other party for the hell of it if the other party's not even putting any effort. And, you know, this and this kind of shows in this particular election, interestingly enough, but it's always a thing where it's like the other party just so happens to put up an equally or greater proposal so that the, the people actually vote them into power and then, like, the other party has to do something else to get people up and hyped up so they get into power and so on and so on. It just keeps flipping, basically, back and forth, back and forth. So anyways, let's get to the coalitions in this particular election. So the first side, we have the LDF, the Left Democratic Front, which is basically the communist coalition. So basically, of course, you know, with the CPIM being the primary governing party of the state is the primary partner in this coalition. And then we have basically all the other communist parties, the CPI, so on and so on, as well as other parties as well. And at the same time, we have the United Democratic Front, the UDF. Now, this is Congress's alliance. So we have Congress, the India Union Muslim League, as well as other smaller parties as well. Now, it's worth mentioning the India Union Muslim League is because, you know, they've basically gotten almost of a lock on the Muslim vote in Kerala. And, you know, Kerala being a pretty diverse state, you know, like more diverse than you know, Tamil Nadu and all these other states. I mean, like definitely South India is a bit more diverse because there's like the Christian factor in there as well. Whereas in the West of India, it's mostly Hindu-Muslim duality, basically. So, but anyway, so like India Union Muslim League basically has a, almost of a lock on the Muslim vote. So, you know, Congress being with them for all these years, basically, you know, kind of solidifies Congress's hold as well on the Muslim vote as well. But in general, Congress has a hold of the Muslim vote in many of the other parts of the country. But in the state case of Kerala, they ally with the IUML, basically. And then we also have other smaller parties as well. Now, I mean, in general, you know, basically Congress has, you know, kind of like an appeal to like minorities. So, you know, so I think it's like Muslims, of course, tend to vote for Congress. And I think it's like the Christians as well tend to vote for Congress. But, you know, like the majority and like especially the scheduled caste and the lower caste tend to vote, of course, for the communists, as is the case with Bengal and other states. And lastly, we have the NDA, 
the same NDA that the BJP is part of in the, in the national government. So, of course, you know, we have the BJP and, you know, some other smaller parties. Interestingly enough, we also have the AIADMK from Tamil Nadu next door, but they only have, they're only contesting in one seat, which is, you know, presumably has a prominent Tamil population, which is why they even bother. But anyways, so, you know, if you're wondering why I haven't mentioned the BJP until now, well, it's because the BJP isn't really a factor in this election or really has been in Kerala politics. So the BJP currently has one seat in the legislative assembly and, you know, that's really all they have. And they've won this in the last election, actually, which is like why people were like a bit concerned because, you know, the BJP was able to finally make inroads into southern India, into the deep south, basically, in Kerala, where they people have thought they wouldn't be able to. But I don't think it's like it's not really looking good for them in this particular election either. So, you know, they probably will keep that one seat, but you know, they probably wouldn't really gain much more. We'll just have to see what happens in the future, though. So anyways, let's finally get to the polls. So what's slated to happen, basically, with this particular election? You know, like, before it actually happened. We'll get to what actually happens in a bit. But, you know, what does the poll says? The poll says that the communists, in this case, are actually slated to get a second term. Now, this is interesting, because if you remember what I said earlier, Kerala has been like the one state in India that's been on a consistent anti-incumbency trend, meaning there was no incumbent, there's no second term chief minister after the 70s. So every party basically gets a chance at five years. So five years for the CPIM, five years for Congress, so on and so on. But what the polls are actually showing is that like this trend might actually finally end. It might finally be bucked. Why? Well, because the communists, I think for the most part, has basically done a good job in the state you know and they've basically developed the state and things like that and you know like and it's also the popularity of Pinarayi Vijayan who's like the current chief minister you know it's like it's like the cult of personality around him as well you know being somebody popular that you know people actually end up voting for him now Pinarayi Vijayan is actually part of the Irava caste you know which is basically like a scheduled caste it's just like a lower caste basically and but the Erava caste is basically 25% of the Kerala population. So basically with him at the top, you know, it's basically kind of swinging the lower caste vote further into the communist direction. And if, you know, if you have a quarter of the state on lock, that's basically a really good sign of like things going forward. But of course, you know, despite identity politics, not despite, well, you know, even though identity politics is a factor, I think ultimately it was like the good governance of the CPIM in these last five years that kind of like allowed them to actually be able to, you know, lock in the vote, for, lock in the vote for a second term. But, you know, this is, of course, you know, without controversy because they've definitely had issues like, you know, big corruptions allegation, like with gold smuggling and things like that. And also, you know, like the Sabari Mala issue where it's like, I think there's like this one big temple in Kerala, basically, which basically prevents women initially from going into the temple if they have their periods. But, you know, basically the, the Supreme Court overturned this and basically so now, you know, they actually have to let any, everybody in. So women with periods can now go into the temple. And the CPIM government, you know, being communist and, you know, technically atheist, supports this. Now the Congress, I suppose, you know, getting the, the more traditional, you know, like higher caste and things like that, you know, them getting that sort of vote, being more conservative as a result to, to counter the CPIM is against the ruling. Sort of. It's a bit ambiguous. But anyways, 
you know, even with this issue, they've been able to, you know, basically lock in you know, enough of the lower caste vote and, you know, some of the higher caste vote that they have to actually still win the election. Now, this is not to say that the Congress, you know, didn't really put up a fight. They definitely did. But the Congress in this particular election has something which basically holding them back, basically shooting themselves in the foot. Why? Because basically the Kerala Congress Party is basically a mess right now. So, you know, without a clear message, without a clear chief minister candidate, without a clear strategy, the CPIM is basically able to win also partly because Congress can't get their ish together. So, you know, what basically happened here? So there's basically a dissatisfaction basically with local leadership, you know, over like political factionalism. So, you know, I think when they were releasing the candidates, for example, 55% of like all the candidates they released for the election were like new faces. What does this mean? On the one hand, it's great that the parties were forming, that the parties getting, you know, bringing new people in, but it's bad because all the people that were there basically got left out. They felt betrayed. And, you know, because of this, there was a big mass exodus of, like, prominent figures in the Congress party away from Congress. And it was like, at this point, you know, like, they're not, I'm not really sure what they're actually going to do, you know, by after leaving Congress. But basically, you know, like, they basically resigned. A lot of people basically resigned from all over, like, these local cons- constituencies because they weren't given their dues. They weren't given the seats that were promised and things like that. And basically, in this, you know, factional infighting, Basically, there's two prominent factions. It's the Ramesh Chenitala faction. You know, Ramesh Chenitala is currently the opposition leader in the Legislative Assembly. And, you know, and the faction of former Chief Minister Oman Chandi. Now, Oman Chandi is actually a really popular figure in Kerala as well. And, you know, he's, you know, out there campaigning for Congress, basically, just because, you know, they really need that extra push, even though he's already retired, technically. And, you know, people are saying, oh, he might be the Chief Minister instead of, you know, Ramesh Chenitala. But see, we don't know because, you know, the party is just kind of like a mess. So we don't really even know what's going to happen. So, you know, with, with, like, with like most of the established old, old guard members leaving and like, you know, with like people not even sure who their chief minister is going to be, it's just a mess. So where CPIM, you know, has the figure of Pinaraya Vijayan, who's basically, you know, a clear choice. So like one, you know, this is the guy who we know is going to be chief minister again. And two... He's a good guy. He's a great guy. So why not, you know? And again, like I said, no BJP growth from their one seat that they currently have. So that's interesting because, like I said, you know, it, fi- it finally bucks the anti-incumbency trend in Kerala. And it kind of shows you that, you know, the other party actually has to put up a fight. It's not granted that they will win the, the next election just because they, they lost the last one. They actually have to put up a fight. And in this case, Congress just didn't put up that fight. So ultimately, that's basically what's going to happen, what looks like it's going to happen. But even though the BJP is not going to grow in this election, you know, there is an emerging BJP faction. And, you know, the BJP, you know, like especially in southern India, basically relies on the higher caste vote, on like the Brahmin vote, the Brahmin vote, basically. So whereas Congress previously has a lock on like the higher caste vote, BJP is basically eating into that that, that faction of society, basically. So like I said, they currently hold one seat. And they basically are just in general reducing the Hindu vote from the CPIM and Congress if trends are to be believed. And, you know, definitely, you know, over time, you know, they'll actually likely, you know, grow their presence. And I don't know if they'll ever win, 
that depends on like what what their strategy is but you know bjp in general is just not popular in southern india but in kerala i suppose there's less of an like an explicit rejection of it like in tamil nadu but basically like i said you know they're gonna get likely their base will be higher caste hindus like it is in tamil nadu but they might even also eat up into the irava caste and the lower caste vote as well you know like they do with the dalit vote in uttar pradesh for example Whereas, you know, previously in Uttar Pradesh, you know, you have like these Dalit parties dominating politics. But because the BJP basically took all of the Dalit votes, these parties are basically irrelevant now. And, you know, in the case of Kerala, if they can take the lower vote, caste vote away from the CPIM, well, then they're basically in business. So basically from Congress, they're taking the higher caste Hindu vote. From the CPIM, they're taking the lower caste Hindu vote. And by doing that, they could actually win possibly in the future. It just basically depends on what their strategy is again. And with Congress, you know, basically in fighting, with Congress basically being a mess right now, and with Congress, you know, in generally possibly even declining in the state, which is unfortunate because the Kerala Congress has is a very different party from the National Congress and has usually gotten garnered a lot of the best Congress candidates, you know, Shashi Tarur being the most prominent. You know, that they're in the fact that they're in decline is unfortunate. But if the BJP is smart and if the BJP plays their cards right, they could actually take up that vacuum. So it's likely going to be a CPIM-BJP duality going forward if the BJP plays their, their cards right. But anyways, what are the votes so far? Well, basically what the polls say, BJP with their one seat and you know the CPIM increasing their vote share basically from the last election and going back to government. So you know the polls are definitely correct in that regard. And, you know, with, you know, Kerala's anti-incumbency trend finally bucking, finally being broken, it'll be interesting to see if this catchy continues or if the Congress can actually make a comeback or if possibly the BJP could even, you know, like get power. We don't know because it's not like the BJP has never upset it any, you know, like a state's politics within one or two elections. It has definitely happened in, in some northern Indian states and it's definitely happened in you know, in like, in like several northeastern states. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see because if BJP actually can win in southern India, well then, you know, Tamil Nadu and Telangana is just, you know, like another election away, basically. And to be fair, the BJP is growing in Telangana at least. And it's not entirely impossible because they're already in power in Karnataka right now. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen with that in the future. But anyways... You know, even with the communists as well, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they can actually make a comeback in the rest of India. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going too far off. But so that's basically the Kerala election for you. Now, next, next week, we're basically ending our series about the 2021 Indian state elections by talking about a little union territory called Pondicherry. Now, you know, if you like look at Pondich on a map, it's basically all over the place. There's exclaves here and there because Pondicherry is basically French India but anyways so we're looking at that as well next week you know just like a little episode before we finally end this series I'll probably maybe do one on the results and well that's it for, for me basically see you then